This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay. So, the Shur is Eli Nishmat, Yosef Ben Jalal, Tifur Abat Yaakov, Tifur Shlimati Yerucham Ben Chana, and Tabun Klub Ben Solika. Okay. I hope everyone's doing good. Baruch Hashem. Always a pleasure to share Divrei Torah with the Tzibur over here. Learning and uh, and taking off from uh, whatever work day you have. It's a, it's a real Kiddush Hashem. Chazak Baruch. Okay, Rabotai. AI has been around for a few years, but in the past uh, few months... It's gotten traction and people are starting to recognize what a tremendous impact on society it's uh, potentially going to have. As one newspaper article quotes, generative generative AI is a huge leap forward. Yes, it has risks and we've got to be careful, but it's going to be as big as the internet and as big as mobile phones. This is a massive change, but it will take a bit of time. I'm not going to spend time today discussing the current AI. Aruch Hashem, not to touch it yet, and not to deal with it at all. I don't know how it looks. But what I can tell you is that whatever AI there is now, it's gonna be relevant in a few months, in a few years. It's just going to be developing very quickly. Uh, and I'm not going to focus on, on right now what it can do and, and what it is. I'm going to be focusing on the concept of having automated things in regards to halachic tools and in regards to Shabbat. Those are the two topics I want to cover. And I want to debate with everyone over here what you think, uh, because it's a fascinating subject. Once again, artificial intel- intelligence is being programmed to take information. Let's start with the first category. And a person has a question in halacha. Question in halacha. He usually calls his rabbi. He usually calls a, uh, uh, a competent halachic authority. Nowadays, there's even hotlines that you could call different... Uh, different places and ask for a question. Ask a question and get an answer. There's a lot of generalizations going on over here. People ask, can AI replace rabbis? <laughs> great, great for me. I have less questions, I could, I could learn more. It'll, it's not competing with me. I really, uh, it's uh, no problem on my end. But uh, my phone bill uh, will be less. But, but what's the... What, what the real question is, is the fact, that, the fact that people are actually discussing this, and there are people discussing this, shows that there's a tremendous lack of education. There's a tremendous lack of education on what a Rav is when he's answering a question, what's the role of a Rav? What's the, um, 
what's the purpose whenever somebody's asking him a question, what goes on in that back and forth when somebody asks a Rav a question. And let me explain to you a, let me explain to you a few scenarios. We already have search engines. It used to be search engines were libraries and you looked for a, uh, for a sefer. Then people became lazier, so they, uh, they had kitsur sfarim, they have like condensed sfarim of like halachot. And then, uh, we even had needed English translation sfarim. And until we got to a point that we need search engines. I might not have enough battery, so if somebody wants to record, that would be, uh, I'd appreciate it. And, and then there was search engines that uh, that came to play. Now, what's a search engine? Basically, it brings you it brings you a, a link. It gives a link to uh, to uh, to a different article that you see. Uh, Rabbi uh, Rabbi Orbach writes this. Rabbi Yashiv writes this, and it has a source. And some of them are even hyperlinked directly to a copy of the sefer. And some of them are even hyperlinked to a copy of the sefer. So. That there is beautiful and there's absolutely, you know, that's, that's an amazing tool that helps people out to the point that it obviously makes a person a little bit more lazy to commit things to memory. Uh, one Rosh Yeshiva once mentioned that, uh, um, Ama'aretz imat Shabbat alav, and Ama'aretz is scared of Shabbat, he has a fear of Shabbat. Why? Because he only knows things because of Google and on Shabbat he can't use it, so he knows people asking a question, he's not gonna know what to answer. So, right? So, so that, that obviously it, it got to a certain point. And now there's something that if you could ask a question to these search engines of, uh, that, that are powered by AI, it brings you all the different opinions. So that's just another search engine. As long as it doesn't express its own opinion and it says an opinion based on, on sources and it brings you the sources and you look up the sources yourself, okay, so that's a search engine. There's nothing wrong with that. But a psak means the following. You have a question. It could be a very serious question, or it could be a simple question. If it's a simple, straightforward question, and you can find exactly the information that you need, that's not called a psak. That happens to be that you haven't spent enough time learning. You have to come more to the Wednesday program. You have to come more to the kolel and learn gemara and halacha and shulchan aruch. And you have to be more proficient in basic halachot. So you want that to replace your your uh, your your lack of knowledge? Okay, fine. I mean, as long as you use it responsibly, you don't become lazy because of it. Because of it. They're not going to ask your computer uh, how much you knew when you go up after Yasim Shana. They're going to be asking a person. He's going to be buried with his uh, with his computer. I hope not. I mean, uh, he has to better make sure this computer was used only for holy stuff. Then, so so obviously, we're not talking about. We're not talking about just a basic sense of information. Psakadachai is that when there are different dissenting opinions and you need to ask a rub, what do I do? Some of them are life-altering questions. Life-altering questions. Let me give you four quick reasons why it's important to have a relationship with a rub, a posek, that is gonna answer you these questions properly. Number one is that when a Rav is asked a question, he knows who's asking him the question. And because of that, he's able to probe and say, oh, maybe you mean this, maybe you mean that. 
And many times, what he's asked is not at all what 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 was really the question. He had to ask a bunch of more questions to figure that out. A lot of times, it matters on the personality the person asking. There was once, you know, it's very popular for LA Rabbanim that they get questions at around ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night from East Coast people that they don't even know. They have to ask a rabbi. It's two in the morning by them. <laughs> so they try to find an LA rabbi that they can ask. And that's fine if it's a simple question. But I get sometimes somebody who I once had, I'm not kidding, a lady call me asking me for a heter on an extremely sensitive question and situation. I was like, do I know you? No. Who's your rav? He says, they asked me to keep on calling a rabbi till I find a header for such a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So to a point that that if a question is asked and, and you need hadracha, so the, the rav knows you and they can, and they can find out what the real question is. They can give you hadracha. That's number one. Number two, number two, the, you have to understand what the Rav is saying. When I was in Eretz Yisrael, I would have the zikhut of going every few weeks to the house of Rav Yashiv and being able to ask him questions. And you had to be very, very careful because you had like 30 seconds, 45 seconds. You had some of the biggest Rabbanim before you and after you waiting. And here you are, you still have your time, you still have your turn. But you, you, you better be prepared. What you're asking is the answer that you're getting. And I would look through the crack of the, of the door. Uh, I would eavesdrop, yes. And I would, and I would see, like there was one, one person who was asking Rabbi Yashif, I remember this, about whether you could make a bracha on an ice cream cone at the end of the meal. I can't get into the whole intricacies, whether ice cream is a mashke or not, or does it have the three conditions, if it's a cone that it's filled, it's sweet, it's crunchy. Well, Yashif had no idea what an ice cream cone is. He had no idea what an ice cream cone is. He had no idea. So he, he looks at him and he says, well, if it's sweet and it's filled and it's uh, it's it's crunchy, so it's mezonot. So the guy kept on asking, okay, so it's a nice, because the question is, is that it wasn't baked together, you're just putting it on random. So you keep, yeah, so you put it on and, and you have it like that. Okay, if it has the three conditions and it's baked, and, and I'm sorry, and it's filled and it's this, then you can have it. And one was speaking, he was speaking Chinese to him because he, he didn't understand. I told the guy, he came on, I said, he had no idea what you're talking about. And you cannot go around saying that you can make a bracha at the end of the meal. You can't do that. So no, why not? I asked him. You have to have a you have to have some type of of understanding between the rav and and the and and, and whoever is asking. If not, you're just misleading yourself. So you're, you're going to put in one answer, you're going to get another from from the computer. It's not how it works. So number one is the rav probes the proper questions. Number two is you have to be able to understand what the rav is saying. Number three is that there are sometimes people who ask that are OCD, and they ask every single little detail and they exaggerate the details. And the Rav knows who they are, he knows how to, how, to, how to handle them and tone them down. On the other hand, there's another that is super, super lenient, and he just wants a heter for everything, and you know that he didn't think things through. So that's why you'll find that some Rabbanim, they'll give one answer to one person, and another answer to another, on the exact same question, on the same day, 
And it's not a contradiction. Because one is asking from his point of view and the other's point from the other point of view. And the Rav knows how to understand that. That happens all the time. And number four is that the fourth reason why it's so important to have that relationship is the Rav makes sure that he has that relationship with you and that you're comfortable all the time on big questions and on and on, on direction how how he could be madrif you. One time there's a, a, a somebody who came to Rabbi Shlomo for a question. Rabbi Shlomo Zaman said, come, come to the window. Brings him to the window. He says, you see over there? He says, yeah, that's your Rav's house. Go ask him the question. <laughs> so, you know, and it's like, who's your Rav? Make, make a connection with him. Keep on going. Be consistent. You're trying to do the Ratzon Hashem. So these are reasons, and, and with the most important that I, I brought out in the sheets, Rav Ben Bashol in his sefer was uh, your site, Zidullah was on Shabbat. Rav Ben Siona Bashol, Zichonolivracha, mentions in his sefer, Chochma Musar, which by the way, they just put out Chelek Bet. Uh, I, I didn't see it yet, but they put out Chelek Bet. And Chelek Aleph of Chochma Musar, Musar, Rav Ben Bashol writes how important it is uh, to have Siyata Dishmaya, to have divine providence. When you're answering questions, he says he brings the chazonish that somebody who didn't receive proper shlemut, total complete, uh, complete wisdom of yirah, even though he's very smart, he's never going to get to the proper siyat and ishmaya. A rav to be able to be successful in his answering questions is all siyat and ishmaya, and not only his siyat and ishmaya, it's the siyat and ishmaya of the person asking. The holy Baba Sali, many times people would come to him and he would give them a bracha and he would give them water. And he would take the water and he would say, and, and the person would take the water. If the person thought, ah, it's just water or whatever else, I said, okay, it's just water, it's not going to help. He, he said, you really think it's the water that does something? It's the koach imuna that the person has, that a tzaddik can intervene on his behalf, that gives the koach of the bracha. It's the person's koach that he's getting from the rabbi and the siyata dishmaya. So a lot of times it's the tzibor that's asking, that's where the siyata dishmaya. Ben Sina Bashol brings a story that they once tried to trick a rabbi, and they brought him blood, and he had to be posek on the blood, and he didn't get it right. He says, that doesn't mean anything. It means that the next time, the siyata dishmaya Hashem is going to lead me in the right direction, and I'm going to get the right answer. It's, 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 there's a tremendous component of siyata dishmaya over here. And the more a person has emuna in something, the more, the more he, he, he gets at that siyata dishmaya and the rabbi is going to be able to be madrakam. So you're not going to get that siyata dishmaya if you learn on your own, which is by the way, Torah shiurim on video are great, but they're never going to replace the personal connection that you have coming to a shir, listening to a rav, listening to Torah Chaim, it's the nishamot connecting, it's never going to be the same, just listening all day to audios or shiurim or whatever else, it doesn't work that way. If that's how Torah was given, and Torah is going to keep on being given, no matter what happens. That's, that is number one. Do we have any questions on this? We're good? I think this is obvious. It's just, it's important because I hear people discussing this and it has to be something that we have to understand what our Masora is, what it means being close to our Rav. I think the second, the second uh, topic, which is about, uh, which is about the uh, topic of using devices on Shabbat, that's a fascinating topic. And it has a lot to do with Shabbat technology. You have no idea the amount of questions that are coming in 
that are, that are about technology on Shabbat. And you really, really have to be careful. One could be totally allowed and one could be totally forbidden. And you just have to know the difference between them. I'll start off with a question that I just got and that I worked on for many months. And, uh, and, and I'll get back to this question after we talk about AI. Somebody came to me with the following device. He's a landlord. Okay? And he wants to make sure that one of the most important things for a landlord is that bottom line, the expenses are not more than the income. Correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, what happens is, is that if there's going to be water leaks, then the income is, uh, is not going to be so good. By the way, I used to have this sprinkler system in front of my house. Got rid of it after a few years. I said, I'm too nervous about these leaks. I sometimes see the water bill and I don't have time to fight with LADWP or whatever else. I said, just replace it. I don't need the headache. I just cut off the water, the, 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 the sprinkler system. It's just the tircha. So this person wants to make sure that he has, let's say, 20 toilets in his, uh, in his, in his apartment building. He wants to make sure there's no leaks. So there's a, there's a device called the guard dog. What's this guard dog? It's a machine. You know this? It's not a dog. It's a machine. It's a little machine that they install right before the toilet tank. And what happens is like this. When a person walks towards the toilet, I'm sorry. When a person walks uh, uh, towards the toilet, so it activates, the sensor activates that a person's there and it opens up the valve. Okay? The valve is shut. Now, the tank is already full. You'll see why. So there's nothing that happens. A valve opens, but there's no new water coming in because the valve is always open. When he leaves, if there's no, if there's no sense, sensor of any human in, in presence for six minutes, automatically the valve closes. Now, within six minutes, the tank fills up again, correct? And it prevents that after that time, if nobody's using it until the next day, since the valve is always closed, no extra water is going to come into that tank. That's called his guard dog. So this person installed it in his units and he has Jewish people that are in the units and these Jewish people are saying, hey, I don't want to use this toilet on Shabbat. You can't put it in my, in my uh, I know it's good for you that it prevents you have to paying the water leak, but, uh, but, but it doesn't matter for us. And let's say a homeowner, could he do it for his own house? Let's say he owns his own apartment, he has to pay his own bill. That's the question. Okay, good question. So let's start with AI and we'll get back to that question. I don't know yet when this is going to happen, but let's assume it's eventually going to happen that you're going to have your coffee machine, your lights, your, um, your, your air conditioner, uh, and, uh, your, your, uh, and your foot massager, I don't know what else, <laughs> understanding that your schedule on most Shabbats when you're home, you wake up at this, I'm not going to say what time you wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I know of one minion in the city that starts at 11.30 a.m. After Zman <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so <laughs> you wake up and your coffee's already brewing. Not that, not that you put it on a timer. No, there's no timer. Timer is a separate thing. Not that you put it on a timer. Not that you put your air conditioner on a timer. It knows around what you do, what you like. It could read your mind that today you're in a bad mood, you're in a good mood uh, based on your face, based on this, and it will uh, and it will activate these machines to work for you. Rabbi, what do you say? What, what, what's the difference in that timer? Right. Because it records your, before Shabbat, it recorded your habits. And now I have it, and I know about this time of the wake up. So I'm not talking about a timer that before Shabbat, the timer knows your schedule, and doesn't matter what you do on Shabbat, or what you think on Shabbat, the timer will activate at a certain time. So if you put a coffee machine to go on on a timer at 8 a.m., that's one question. By the way, about a coffee machine, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to set your Nespresso coffee machine to make you a coffee at 8 a.m. in the morning? I asked this. I think I mentioned this before. I asked this question to the three great rabbis in America, Reb David Feinstein, and the Badel Chaim Tovim, Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky, and Reb Shlomo Miller, and they all were against it. They say you can't do such a thing. It's Zilzul of Shabbat. But there is, there are rabbanim that permit such a thing. There are prominent rabbanim that will say it's on a timer. It's on a timer. I'm not talking about that question. What are you, Mr. Gulch? How are you doing? You're all the way in the back. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe, maybe, but you're, you didn't do any bishul. The bishul of a non-Jew for you or for him, and you want to partake in it, is allowed. So, yeah, over here, who says it was mevushal? You're right, it's a cliche name. No, it's not a cliche name, the truth is. It's shahiyah problems. You're right. What? So no, Allah doesn't mean anything, ever? Of course, Ikhpatli, I want my coffee, ma, what are you saying? <laughs> you know that I know people, I know one woman, she said if she had to choose between her husband and the coffee machine, she would take the coffee machine. In front of her husband, she said that. And he said, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so what do you mean, Ikhpatli? No, what? What Josh is asking is that you're cooking on Shabbat. I hear, if a non-Jew cooks for you on, for himself on Shabbat, not for you, it's allowed. So I, that problem will solve. I'm not discussing that problem. That's, that problem will be solved. What? Right, so Rabbi Chachamzadeh was asking, what's the difference between a timer? What's the difference between a timer? So a timer... It's all set. On Shabbat, this way, I don't know if it will. But if it will work, that according to your thoughts and your actions walking into the room, it will activate, not activate right away. That for sure is Asur. That activating right away is for sure Asur. For example, I was in, once invited to speak in Seattle. So I say in Seattle, we're going to speak about Amazon. So I, I spoke about if you're allowed to use Alexa on Shabbat. And the answer is absolutely not. Because you understand, on Shabbat, if I speak and an action happens right away because of it, 
So that's called Melechet Machshevet, that I did the action. So I'm not talking about that by AI. Let's define the question. By AI I'm talking about that you're going to come to a stage that when you speak, or when you, not when you speak, when you walk in, or you think, don't know if that'll happen yet. I ain't letting them put any chips in my head. But if they think, if you think, or the way you walk, it will program the machine to work a certain way on Shabbat. That's the question. You're saying there, there, there are sensors at the home, but that's already a problem. Before you get that, there are sensors at home that are sensing your walking. You're thinking, you're waking up. So you're saying this home has to be set up in a certain way for this. Time. Okay, so what about Nest thermostat? Somebody brought up the Nest thermostat. Are you allowed to have a Nest thermostat on Shabbat? So the truth is, you're allowed if you know how to program it properly. Number one, every time you pass by, it goes on. There's a very easy override. As soon as you get it, there's an override that it doesn't do that. Next, if you walk in and you want it to sense that based upon you being home, it will go on, or based on you leaving, it will go off, you're not allowed to have that nest working on Shabbat. You're not allowed. Why? Because when you're walking in, it's Whenever you want it, it's forbidden. This psak I heard from Rabbi Shlomo Miller Shlita. However, the way to have your nest on Shabbat is very easy. You, there's a programming on there that tells you during the week what you want it for. Now, according to the experts in Palo Alto that, that, that build the nest, they say that it could be still there's a they they sense what's going on with you they might modify but probably if you have it set to a specific uh, temperatures that you want it to go on Shabbat that overrides your habits and even if it doesn't it's at least a safik it's at least lo for you because you'd rather go according to the measures that you said it should go on specifically so it's probably okay like that so that's how you use the nest so you're right that's going to be the question AI though is a little bit worse you understand it's a little bit better because AI it's not going to happen right away it's going to sense that you're home you go to sleep next morning it's going to it's going to go on for you so it doesn't happen right away so that's why it's a little bit of a different question so I want to learn with you a Gemara in Masechet Babakama and the Gemara over there is going to define how Melechet Shabbat works if the Gemara discusses what happens what happens if a person starts a, uh, a fire? He starts the fire going. If he starts fanning the flames and the, and the fire starts going. But if he didn't fan the flames, even though you, you turned on the fire, you're patur. Ask the Gemara. Am I? Why are you patur? from damages, if you lit a fire, maybe that it wasn't exactly uh, you who did it, it should be kezore viruach mesayato. It should be like, it should be like somebody who is, um, who, who, who throws a bunch of kernels together with their shells and the wind is borer, it separates the light kernels and you want it to happen on Shabbat, and it's one of the 39 melachot. Zore, a lot of, they, they crushed 
all of the wheat and the, the, the different shells that were lighter are all around. So you have somebody who winnows, it's, he, he throws it in the air, the wind comes and removes it, and then you're fine. So you're chayab on Shabbat, right? If you do that on Shabbat, you're chayab. Ask the Gemara, what's the difference? Why, if you would do that and it would hit somebody, you're not, you're, you're, um, you're patur. Yeah, let's say one of those shells, you did it on, you did it, and it goes into a person's $10,000 machine and ruins it. And then you're patur. But on Shabbat, you're chayab. Says the Gemara, Ravashi Amarchia Minzor Evroch Mesayado, Animililian Shabbat. When do we say that Zora is chayab? That's because it's on Shabbat. And Melechet Machshevet, the Torah said that Melacha on Shabbat is dependent upon your thought. Choshev Lachashavot. Avalacha Grama Be'almov, Grama Benizikin Patur. But regarding damages, it's an indirect damage. Now, we also know on Shabbat that Grama is permitted. So all of the big Mifarshim ask, what's the difference? Why, by, by, in this case, when you're doing a Melacha, you're Chayav? even though it's indirect, it's grama, whereas many places you see in Shabbat, you light a fire and it goes, you're patur. Why, why by Zoda you're chayav or not? So Rashi says key words. Rashi says, because his thought was fulfilled. And this is the golden rule regarding Hilchot Shabbat. And you mentioned it before. That on Shabbat, if a person has intention that it should happen, and he did an action, an action happened because of his intention, so that is forbidden on Shabbat. Let me ask you something. When each and every one of you walk to Bet Knesset on Shabbat, you have a Google satellite that is monitoring you and knows where you are. Why is it mutar to walk to synagogue on Shabbat? What about the cameras What about the cameras in the Bet Knesset? I'll tell you a story. When I was... Uh, Learning in Eretz Israel, I used to live on a Kablan Street, the house right next to Ravovadia. And I, I, one, one, one year, uh, they stole Ravovadia's BMW. <laughs> Big mistake. Wrong person to steal it from. Right away, <laughs> they were given the message: you better return that. You better return the car to the Grand Rabbi right away. And it was brought right away. But because of that, and because of many times Rav Avad, you would say very strong and harsh words uh, in Mot- on Motzei Shabbat, so he got permanent security. And a lot of cameras. The cameras was a relatively new thing then. We're talking about uh, 2003, 2002. It was, it was, it was, it was a relatively uh, new, even before, maybe it was in the, before 2000. It was relatively new. So, I, like I'm walking on Shabbat. I said, how could this be permitted? I didn't understand. I said, how could... Now, when you have a gadolador that, that has cameras, you know, what, what, he, he thinks it's allowed, obviously. You know, if it's pikuach nefesh, fine. But I wanted to know, besides pikuach nefesh, it's allowed. And the answer is like this. It's a very important answer. When you walk by and there's cameras filming you, if you don't care at that moment about the cameras, and you're walking... There's no connection between the cameras and you. You really don't care. If you would care, if you are making a play or a bar mitzvah on Shabbat and you want that recording to stay forbidden on Shabbat, you're crossing the beams that it is, that it is taking a picture for you and you're creating a picture. 
According to some, Rabbi Yashiv, it could be Deoraita. According to others, Derabanan. Because it's not Kayama. But it's for sure an Isur. But when you're walking, and there's just a... When you're walking, and there's, there's these things videoing you, you're right, if there's a robbery, I might care. But right now, I don't care. So that's why, since it's the Ipsik Resha, it's not clear if it's Deoraita. And I'm not Mikaven, and I don't care. Put that all together, that's why it's allowed. Now getting back, yes. So the ring camera as well. If I care, if I care that it's filming me, I'm not allowed to use that ring camera. If I care that I want to know after Shabbat every person that came, so you know what? Don't care. Otherwise, block the camera. Put up a piece of tape on Shabbat. If you, but if you don't care, you don't have to. Yes. What? Ah, that's what you wanted to add to this person. Forbidden. Forbidden. Now, enough money. So there. Ah, if you're going to give to the Kolel, maybe. Yeah. No. Shalom. Wait, 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 wait. I want to get. beginning. The Gemara Masechet Shabbat, we're going too fast. The Gemara Masechet Shabbat says that if you have a, that if you have a, a, a case where you are doing something and it's a grama, but you want the grama to happen. Rashi says it's forbidden. The Rosh says no, maybe by Zore because that was the Malacha, Malachet Zore. But everywhere else, not that way. But according to Rashi, it's forbidden. According to other opinions, you could you could have a diyun. Now, wait, because since you want it to happen, the Torah said the way it works by Melechet Shabbat is nitkaimam machshavto. Your 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 intention wanted it to happen, and you did an action on Shabbat. It's not like if I programmed something before Shabbat and I wanted it to happen, I didn't do anything on Shabbat, so that's not forbidden. But if I like I walked into the room and I want than walking by and not wanting to happen. So by the Nespresso coffee machine, that's not our discussion. Because it was programmed before Shabbat, I didn't do an action on Shabbat. On that question, I, as I mentioned to you, three great rabbis said that it's a zilzul of Shabbat, it's an embarrassment of Shabbat, and one shouldn't do it. There are rabbis that will permit it. So ask your local rabbi on that. Don't ask me. Regarding, regarding lights, air conditioner the minhag is to permit it. Rav Moshe Feinstein never wanted things on timers besides lights. But already the minhag is to permit timers. So now, we're talking about nest on Shabbat, or AI, that you're going to want it to happen. So nest, we said, nest, we said, for sure is forbidden. Because as soon as you walk in, and it senses it's asur. So you have to do the override. I know that I wake up in the morning, I know this, AI knows I'm home. Even if it's going to happen later, it's happening because of me. It's not allowed on Shabbat. You don't want it. Of course. Coffee. What are you saying? You saw this guy. He was about to kill me if I didn't permit his coffee. Of course I want my coffee. Yes. She wants it for you. She wants it for you. The answer is she wants it for you. No, no. Seriously, she wants it for you. She wants it for you. She wants it for you. She 
That's allowed. That's allowed. What? Because grama is not always permitted. No. No. Why, why is it a guy? It's because of me that I'm activating with my action something happening. It doesn't happen right away, but if I have kavana for it to happen, it's mitiaches to me. So, okay, so let's finish up because I'm out of time over here, Rabotai. Let's finish up and then I'll take a few questions and that's it. If I... For it to happen, that's one of the reasons to say it's forbidden. There might be others that I wrote in the, last, in the Teshuvah. My daughter's wedding was a year and a half ago. I printed a sefer. There we, we, I spoke about AI. If you can take a look at the end, it was a, actually an, it was actually a debate. Rabbi Tzika Reisman, who's always ahead of the game on these things, he, he, he looked into this already. And this was a, a response to one of the things that he, that, 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 that he wrote. So you could take a look over there on, on, on what's the reason why it would be, it would be forbidden. So that's, so that's why AI. Now getting back to the guard dog. I just want to finish with the guard dog. So if you are walking as a tenant and you don't care if it happens, if it's on or off, you're right. But I'm just walking and it happens anyways. It's one of the great postcards of America told me. It's a very difficult question, this question. I send it to five different rabbis. Four of them didn't want to answer. If the, but one answered like this, that if it's so far removed from you, his action to your action, though you might want it, but you're walking. You're not doing the action of thinking that it should open. You don't care, you're a renter. If you're a homeowner, you want it, it's forbidden. But if you're a renter, he felt that it might be permitted just like cameras that you're walking and it's far removed, just like satellites, that it's far removed from you. Now, a, a few questions, Josh, what do you say? Question, but okay, fine. You want to come and say speech about Kodi Yisur, fine, but no problem. Whatever. Okay, but let's come and say like that. But, so Alexa, if you come and tell it to do something, is the same thing as flicking a light switch that's connected to electricity. One is done with moving your finger. Correct, I agree with you. So how is it grama? It's not grama. I'm saying that it's not grama. If you want it to happen and you look at something and it happens because of it, I said in the shear it's usher. But none of it is, you don't like grama when it comes to AI at all. It's not called a grama. It's called non dinkama. And the grama is that it happens either random or either you didn't you didn't want it to happen right away. You didn't yeah. think about it. It's a complicated subject, but I'm giving it to you condensed. For example, the, the, when you open up the refrigerator, that the uh, that the fan is that, no, not the light. That the fan is going to turn on to refuel it after. You close you're not the thinking fan. about it, and then yeah, so right. it's a grama on a psych ratio. That's why you're allowed. Great question. I was just asked this question this week. Somebody went to a resort and he wanted to know he's by an automatic flush. Great question. I don't know answers to a lot of things, but this one I just looked up, so that's why I know it. Let me tell you what the answer is. Is that automatic flush, there's a Gemara in Masechet Shabbat, that says that you're allowed to take water on the side of your boat, wastewater, sorry, my chutzmikvotchem, and pour it, even though the Isidur Rabbanan going from one domain to the other. The Gemara says because of kavod abiriyot, because of honor of people not to have waste around, you're allowed. So Rav Belsky said, automatic toilets. Since it happens as a grama, 
and it's kavoda biriot, it would be allowed. Lichatchila, you shouldn't, but it would be allowed. I think that I, I think that's important. So I told the guy he didn't have to switch rooms because of it. If you have a choice between two bathrooms, of course, but this doesn't work on automatic sinks. Automatic sinks, it happens right away. You want it, but here it's kavoda biriot. Uh, automatic sinks use uh, hand sanitizer somewhere else, but here, here you 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 have to use the bathroom, so he permits it. What? On the bottom. Kufchaf, Masaket Shabbat on the bottom. So that is about AI. One more question, yes. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.